Welcome to Sports Lounge Live, a weekly talk show covering baseball. I don't believe what I just saw. Basketball. Believe in Cleveland. The Cavaliers are NBA champions. Football. Got it at the five and into the end zone. Touchdown. Hockey. NASCAR. Green flag waves again at the World Center of Racing. Plus the latest sports news, both pro and college. Hear past talk shows on your phone by calling 773-572-3006. Or as a podcast on your iPhone, Victor Stream or computer, or on your smart speaker. Visit legendoldies.com for links to automatically connect via your computer or iPhone. Call the sports aficionados at area code 646 876 99 and enter the pin 287-723-4600, followed by the pound key twice. And now, your hosts, Chris Devon, Perry Lester, Sean Platts, Robert Herrick, and Bill Sparks. And Rick Swan, he's our other host. He's the host to be named later, and we don't know when he's going to be named, but <laughs> Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Sports Lounge Live. It is May 3rd, uh, 2022. And this is show number what, Chris? One, 193. 193. 193. So we're getting right up around that 200 mark. We're it's coming right up. And uh, we are going to take care of a lot of things here within the panels, but uh, a lot of things coming after that, too. So stay tuned. But uh, Chris is going to give you the agenda and all that good stuff. Okay. So May 3rd, as I say, and one thing we need to mention is our late friend, John, from California, who started Sports Lounge on our phone system. Uh, It's called John Sports Lounge for a reason, because he really pulled it together in about 2009. We lost him in 2017, but he was a great guy. Would have been right in the middle of this show if, uh, you know, he would have turned 69 today. It was actually his idea. It was his idea to do something on the radio somewhere. That's right. It was. Once we started to do our Friday night conferences, he started talking about that. That's right. So, so it's May 3rd, and for tomorrow, for all you uh, Star Wars fans, May the 4th be with you. Now, uh, on to uh, my panel, and I'm going to do some, the tennis stories. There were a bunch of tennis stories all of a sudden, but no major going on, but we had major uh, announcements and stuff going on in the sport. So tennis, we have Novak Djokovic is going to be able to play at Let's Wimbledon. See, what's the agenda for yeah. Oh, I didn't give the agenda. How, how dare I? I'll yeah, come on, Jeff. Down my neck here if I don't. All right, obviously the panel, then the, the this agenda is a little different, but it's been a busy week and a little different kind of week when you have the NFL draft. So you have the panel, then the NFL, talking about the draft and all that, NBA, NHL, then baseball. So hang in there. We will get to baseball. And we've got this, I've got the standings for you now, too, after a month of play, so we can see how good the teams like the Reds are doing. Then uh, college, uh, college sports, we've got a couple of items. Actually, Sean will take care of one. Perry will take care of the other. I'm going to do the tennis in my panel that I was just starting to do, and Sean is going to take care of NASCAR and golf. So we'll get the small ones out of the way before we get to the big fish. So in tennis, uh, Novak Djokovic will be able to play at Wimbledon because there's no more uh, vaccine uh, requirement in England, and he can play at the French Open, too, because there's no more vaccine requirement there. And uh, Canada, what's up? You know, what's going on here? We, we have to deal with Canada all the time around here. I don't know. I don't understand. Uh, Roger Federer will... Yeah, I don't know. Roger Federer will play in Switzerland in a tournament in October, so he's going to start coming back. Uh, maybe he'll be available for the majors and stuff next week. And Boris Becker got into trouble, and it's not his first uh, rodeo here. He was sentenced to two and a half years for hiding uh, assets for bankruptcy, and back in uh, 2002, he was uh, sentenced for tax fraud in 2002, convicted of it, and they uh, 
and he paid a lot of fines. He didn't actually do jail time. But this time, I guess he's going to, unless he appeals and gets out of it, he will for a, a bankruptcy uh, fraud. So that's a uh, two-time loser for Boris Becker. Over in England, by the way. Yes, right. So as far as my what's going on around here, you know, when you get to the playoffs and, and uh, you know, you got to win some games. Red Sox, Red Sox haven't won since Friday, and they were in Baltimore. They lost two out of three. They're now 9-14. and 14. If they keep this up, they'll be uh, almost losing 100 games. That's what they project to do right now. The Celtics uh, lost coming off that great series against the Nets. They lost on Sunday. I, I have some optimism about that. What they need to do is get the ball inside and hit, hit at the free throw line. They didn't do real well at the three-point line, but they can do better on that. But if they need to keep driving, even though Milwaukee's bigger than they are, now they'll be blocked shots, and than that they'll also pick up their share of foul so that's what they need to do uh, tonight hopefully marcus smart will be playing i didn't hear whether he was or not he had a thigh contusion and then uh, we've got for the bruins not enough goaltending i mean the bruins team itself is pretty good they put pressure on last night but uh the, the, neither goaltender and we're going to be stuck with Olmark again i wanted to see swayman in game two it's not like we have a real solid number one goaltender i know the idea is you ride your go your hot goalie through the playoffs well you ain't got a hot goalie so why not see the other guy they'll probably uh, let him play if they lose after uh, tomorrow night but uh I, I think overall, Omar is the worst goalie. Uh, he's more of a journeyman. I think Swayman has an upside. I want him to get some experience. Even if they don't win in this series, he will have done that. And I think he will before it's over, but sooner than later is what I would have liked. So here it is our like, It didn't sound like, Chris, that the other the two guys on TV last night, Sean McDonough and um, I forget who the analyst was, but they really didn't give the Bruins a whole lot of a chance in this series. No, they don't. Well, I mean, you know, Carolina's, you know, obviously – in, in effect, they're the seventh seed, and they're playing the two seed. So, the, you know, they shouldn't have a whole lot of chance. But the idea is they did have a lot of zone time. It wasn't like they were dominant. The Bruins had outshot them, at least through most of the game. And I don't know what the total turned out to be. So they were there, and, and they had some good chances. But they went in a couple of soft goals, too. And uh, generally, Carolina is a better team, and that's true. But uh, and it, it, what is it around here? We always play Carolina and, and uh, Milwaukee. We had Carolina in 19-20 and this year. And in the, uh, the Bucks 18, 19, and 20. 22 for the Celtics, so it's a tradition to play these teams. Anyway, here's our host to be named later, Rick Swan. Hello. Um, yeah, it's hard to be optimistic about the Bruins right now when you realize that they've now played Carolina four times this year and they've been outscored 21 to two. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's and it, I don't think it's just the goaltending. There, Carolina is is big at what guys in front of the net and and tipping shots in, and the, the Bruins defensemen just don't seem to be clearing them out. I'm a little disappointed with with their new guy Lingholm because he, he's a big guy, but he's not really pushing people around it. In fact, on one of the goals last night, they were doing a replay and they were showing how there was two. Two hurricanes in the, right in front of the net, right around Lindholm to say, "Look here, it's a Lindholm sandwich they got going on there." Mm-hmm. Um, but it's you know the, the exciting thing about here right now is you know hoping that the Bruins and Celtics play a little better than their first games. We have a we have a schedule now where except for this Thursday night, one of them plays. They, they play every other night. We'll have a playoff game every night to if they go seven games till the fifteenth. So that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I enjoyed the the NFL draft. Um, you know, most you know, you, you never know what the draft. And, you know, nobody knows how these players are going to turn out. But, but most analysts are saying that that both New York teams had maybe the two best drafts in the league. And you haven't heard that in a long time. I'll tell you, they're killing the Patriots around here for their draft. But like I said, you don't know. And uh, that's me. You know, the weather's been fairly nice here. It's that time of year. I'm out doing yard work, and I'm so up. So I'm going to. 
pass it on to Perry before I fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> you know, though, the, the interesting thing about the NFL draft, though, Rick, is I heard the same thing you did, that New York, both New York teams were given a big, uh, a good grade. Unfortunately, if you look at the Vegas numbers to win the Super Bowl, they have not changed a bit. So uh, Vegas oh. apparently isn't buying that too, uh, too much. Oh, for the New York teams, you mean? Right. Oh, well, I mean, they both had a long way to go. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, we it's cold here. It's 50 degrees. We're supposed to be in the 60s, but it's 50 degrees today. And uh, see Vivian Stringer, the former women's basketball coach at Iowa. The, she's been at Rutgers now for many years. Uh, retired on Saturday morning and uh, a very long career for her. She uh, made her she really made her name here because Iowa went to the final four. Um, she is still beloved here, and uh, her husband, of course, had a heart attack and and passed away while she was coaching here. So obviously, there's a lot of there's a lot of connections there um, with her. So uh, good for her that she can live a long and a happy life, and you know, not have to worry about anything. But uh, the I Cubs are struggling along. If they could ever learn to, play, they'd be pretty good if they could ever learn to play any amount of defense. They, they, you, somebody's got to tell them you just can't keep committing errors and hope to win games. But uh, even as bad as they are, I know they're not as bad as one particular team, and I'll <laughs> bet Bill might want to talk about that team. I, that may be a problem. Not. Well, <laughs> yeah. maybe I don't want to talk about it, but Chris putting in his, we're going to have to pull out the Chris and Jeff power button here in just a few minutes i think but um anyway you know they are extremely bad i don't think i've ever seen a team quite this bad um maybe you know baseball i know perry's not much for control but maybe they need to govern themselves a little bit and not let Teams just uh, an owner actually just destroy a team like they've done in Oakland or Pittsburgh. Oh no, I agree with that. I think if you're going to have any sort of a a thing on the top, you should have to spend a certain amount on the bottom too. I agree with Especially that. Especially if you're getting the money. Correct. If you're not being paid the money, that and would all be these teams thing. that we talk about, they're all getting money. Right. If if they weren't being paid. The money, I think the NFL's probably got it right with the cap. Well, we know the you know, MLB is not going to do a cap, but I think that might solve the problem, though. Is it enforced in the NFL, the cap? I mean, it, it is. Yes. Go over, yes. but you can it, defer money, but you end up, you're going to pay the piper yeah. someday. It is and it isn't. You can usually get around things by deferring money or, or doing bonuses or so much guaranteed. And, yeah. Yeah. But what I've noticed, um, so we might as well go into a brighter subject, Colts draft. I like that pretty good. They went over to Cincinnati to pick up a wide receiver. But University of Cincinnati had a lot of players in the first few rounds that yes, were drafted. Did. So they must have one whale of a good program there. Uh, so that was good. I like that. I like them getting an offensive lineman. You know, they kind of met a few of their needs. And time will tell on that as to how that's going to be. But other than that, it's been pretty light. Been checking out some radio and doing some things and working on my Jeff and Chris Filter. But other than that, I'm <laughs> not doing a lot. But 
I'm sure Robert's doing more. And Robert, take it away. Uh, yeah, I'm doing quite a bit. I'm uh, keeping up with my boxing podcast. Speaking of, uh, as usual, when you have the Kentucky Derby, there is a fight on Saturday night. Canelo Alvarez will be going after a light heavyweight title, and he's he's won a light heavyweight title before, previously. Uh, so he's going to do that. And, of course, if he wins this fight, which he should, against Dimitri Bebald, um, He'll, uh, the third fight will be set up with him and Triple G back at uh, 168, where he currently is. And, of course, he holds all the belts at 168. Um, but part of the contract he signed is uh, he, he signed up to fight B-Ball first. And if he wins that, he'll that'll be $40 million after Saturday. And then he'll get another $45 million in September for having the third Triple G fight. And uh, according to what Mark Davis had to say, uh, Unless UNLV has a game on that particular Saturday in Vegas, uh, it looks like that fight will be at uh, Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas, but we'll wait and see. Um, around here, weather has improved. Uh, my A's are doing okay. Of course, I'm paying attention to my Warriors in the playoff. Um, I, and, uh, you know, I'll just leave it at that. And let's go down to Austin and see what Sean has to say. Go ahead, Sean. Well, and by the way, Kentucky Derby, none of us are really up on the horses, so maybe Jerry might have something later. But I plan to watch it Saturday, so if Jerry has any information, yep. that'd be good. If not, that's okay. Uh, we'll we'll tell you about it next week. Yeah, exactly. But a couple things before I get uh, You can contact us anytime uh, throughout the week, 773-572-7715. Hit pound key when you hear the greeting. Also, 800-693-0595, option 2. Say the methods for Sports Lounge Live or Sports Lounge at allthingsradio.net. And uh, the Mexico Open in golf, John Rahm won it. First victory since last year's U.S. Open. And the Mexico Open is a relatively new event on the PGA Tour officially. An official event. It's relatively new. So he won that. Chase Elliott won the Duramax 400 NASCAR race after the rain delay, and they finished it on Monday. They're actually going to run. I forget where, but they're running on Sunday, on Mother's Day, on the 8th, which they ran on Easter, and they're running on yeah. Mother's Day. Wow. So that's another thing. But we had a retirement. That would be in Darlington, South Carolina, guys. Yeah, they're in Darlington. that's right, Darlington. And it's going to be the – but we had a – retirement or he's going to retire June of twenty twenty three or sooner if they find a replacement sooner. Mark Emmerich, executive director of the NCAA. And of course, yes, Emmerich, one thing he's noted for, he got the big March Madness deal with Turner and CBS, which started in twenty eleven, originally going through twenty twenty four, and now he's got it extended through twenty thirty four I believe it is, and he also got the women's deal. But then there's some other stuff, probably not the most positive things, of course. He had the Penn State, the Baylor, and the Michigan State scandals all on his watch, which really have not done anything. But, of course, somebody sold, sells a T-shirt and donates to charity. Oh, you're in trouble. And all the name, image, and likeness stuff. Remember, it all started with Ed O'Bannon, the lawsuit, and EA Sports is ready. NCAA says, oh, we're not going to go do it. No, no, sorry. So they took away the football game and the basketball game for EA California first state passing the law to be the, uh, you know, to allow players to get compensated. His response was, oh, well, we'll just tell the California teams that they pay them. They can't be NCAA eligible. Then the Supreme Court rules that states can do it as more states are passing laws. What does Emmerich and his crew decide to do with the NCAA? Oh, well, 
oh, we're watching, we're leaving it up to the schools where you're not supposed to con a coach is not allowed to talk to somebody about name, image, and likeness, but the NCAA is not enforcing it because, oh, it's not under ours. We're just going to, we didn't, we didn't want it, so we're going to wash our hands. So, Mark Emmerich, good retirement. Oliver Luck, do you want to clean up this mess, or do you think it's not worth saving for what's going to happen? We'll see. So, anyway, <laughs> on, on to the NFL. All right, the NFL. Well, this draft is a lot different than last year. Last year, and it, it, probably the highest uh, interest, well, certainly two years ago when we were in the middle of pandemic and nothing else was happening, that was big. But last year, with, with all the quarterbacks, everybody knew there'd be five taken in the first round, and they were, and people knew who they were and had seen them and, you know, had their, their favorites, and there were five of the teams got them, and they were all excited. Everybody was excited about the quarterback they got. This year, who knew these people? And, you know, unless you followed certain college teams or followed the, the pros and have been following the, the pre-draft, but it's never as exciting as... As, as uh, for quarterbacks and you know uh, guys that are going to be on people's fantasy teams, uh, running backs, wide receivers. That's what people really pay attention to. But I'm going to read you the top ten and the first five. And is this a record? Do you guys? I don't know uh, for the number of defensive players taken first. Uh, if it's I not, it's very. If it's close. not, it's very close. I know when it, they took uh, the third, it had been since '92 that they'd done that. So uh, you know, probably maybe it is a record. But Jacksonville, uh, Jacksonville took Trayvon Walker uh, from Georgia. He's a defensive end. The second pick, and this is a this is the kind of story you like. He's defensive end, Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan, but he's also a Michigan kid, so he's staying right there to play for the Lions. And he's a Michigan kid, so good for them. I hope they can build around him. You know, you want you kind of want things to, good things to happen for the Lions fans. Been so long. Number three, and he was, and he was very happy, Chris, that he was drafted. He he's looking very much forward yes. to playing for Dan Campbell. He said. Okay, well, we'll see how that goes. They said there's kind of similar personalities, so maybe that'll work. That's what I heard on NFL radio. Number three, Houston, who, how'd they ever get graphics? Good for them. I guess from the Browns. They got a quarterback, uh, Derek, uh, Stingley, uh, Jr., and from LSU. I don't know if he's any relation to Daryl in any connection, but anyway. Yeah, no, Stingley family is all. Stingley Jr., his father, and then Daryl Stingley, the grandfather. Yeah. Oh, Daryl yeah. was the, his grandfather. Okay, then. Yeah, so Daryl the, was his grandfather, and remember he... Yeah, uh, would it have to yeah. be. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking it's not a common name. The Jets at number four took a cornerback... Ahmad Gardner from Cincinnati. There's what Bill's talking about. The Bearcats had, you know, went to the Final Four, so you figure they had a good program. Is right. Number five for the Giants, defensive end uh, uh, Kayvon uh, Thibodeau from Oregon. Number six, Carolina offensive tackle. Hey, there's an offense player, Ikem. Equinu, I think it is. Equinui, yeah. Equinui from North yeah. Carolina. So there again, another uh, somewhat homegrown product. Number seven, the Giants took uh, offensive tackle Evan Neal from Alabama. The Alabama offensive lineman has to be good, uh, as opposed to Chad Nuga. We'll talk about that in a minute. Number eight, Atlanta wide receiver uh, Drake London from USC. Number nine, Seattle offensive tackle Charles Cross from Mississippi. And uh, any any thoughts on him, or you've never heard much about him, Perry? Uh, he's he, he's obviously good, but um, uh, yeah. you know, good luck to him. Hopefully, he does well. I mean, the they, they Ole, Miss, that he Ole Miss and, had and a the, lot of players drafted this year. Yeah. Wait, but, they were right? saying that he and he and the Giants, you know, offensive linemen from Alabama, and the one Carolina took Ignoe did. Or the three of them were were the blue chippers in the in the draft. Okay, and number ten, the Jets took wide receiver Garrett Wilson from Ohio State. So. 
Then we had A.J. Brown was traded from Tennessee to Philadelphia. That's Hollywood Brown. Uh, no, no, that's A.J. No, no, no. I'm sorry, I'm mixing it's up my AJ. Browns here. Yeah. We, almost half the wide receivers are named Brown. But A.J. is from uh, from Tennessee. That's Arthur Juan Brown, if you listen to the Titans announcer. And he went to the Eagles. Uh, and then that was to move up in the draft uh, at 18. Philadelphia took a wide receiver. Tra- Trayvon uh, Burks from Arkansas. And Arizona. Huh? Tennessee took the wide receiver. In the yeah, draft. yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. And Arizona got uh, Mar- Marquise Brown. That's Hollywood from yeah. Baltimore. And yes. uh, they need him because we also heard this week in our news and notes that uh, uh, Hawkins is going to be DeAndre Hopkins. Hopkins is going to be suspended for six weeks for PED. So they you wonder if they ca- you wonder if they kind of knew that was coming. Yeah, I think oh, yeah, they did. Yeah, because, I think. Yeah. because there, well, was a, there was an appeal going on. Brown, yeah, he was moving on. And yeah. It's kind of a twofold. I think they knew it was coming, but they also are trying to give Kyler Murray some receivers to kind of you know see. Okay, yeah. they've got him calmed down now. You know, he's back with the team. They want to see how he does with some receivers. And they played I mean, together at Oklahoma, he and the Hollywood, so yeah. that should help. And that was, they were together in 2018. Uh, and as I say, DeAndre Hopkins is out for the six weeks. And then we have uh, Tyron Matthews, the Honey Badger. And uh, Robert didn't put that in his message when he put it out. I didn't know that that was the name of the Honey Badger. He's never called anything but the Honey Badger. But he signed yeah. for 33, uh, what is it, three years for $33 million? Uh, with New yep. Orleans, and yes. that's his hometown. And uh, Nick Foles was finally cut by the Bears. I kind of saw that coming for a while. And, uh, and the, uh, the quarterbacks, I know some people knew. I know Kenny Pickett went, again, another homegrown deal. Yeah. Kenny Pickett staying in Pittsburgh uh, with the Steelers, and he's got a reasonable chance to win that job. There's no, you know, nothing says he can't beat out Trubisky, I wouldn't think. You and know, it's, it's the lowest time a quarterback's been taken since 1997 in the draft. Wow. Yeah. And there were and there were not a lot of quarterbacks uh, taken in the draft no. at all. No, and and so. remember, we said that going in that, that the, it was going to be a low number of quarterbacks, and it was. Yeah, yeah. and the Patriots are like Rick said; they're really getting hammered for this draft pick. They picked this guy. I can't remember his first name. Strange, and it was a strange draft pick from uh, Chattanooga. And they're saying, oh, he's an old school player, and he's this and he's that. But uh, I guess the Rams coach uh, said, hey, well, that's good. Now he's off the board. I don't have to worry about him at 104, and Belichick took him at 19. So when you at reach for somebody at 29, okay. Yeah. yeah when yeah. you reach, when you, oh, he traded down, I guess, because he yeah, had 21. Why, though, yeah. why, though, Chris or Rick, either one, why would the Patriots have drafted uh, Zappy, the quarterback from Western Kentucky? Yeah, it's a good question. As if, uh, well, all they've got is they're, uh, done with, they're done with Stidham, I think. Yeah, and, but they still yeah, have they be... still have uh, Mac Jones and they still have Hoyer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Hoyer's I mean, never going to really play. I no, mean, he's Hoyer's, never going to be a starter. And I Hoyer's think almost like a quasi quarterback coach, coach on yeah. that team. So yeah. is that um, so? Then is that maybe the thought, Chris? Is is okay? We'll bring this guy in. Maybe let Hoyer coach him up a little bit. Then if if uh, Jones would get injured or something, yeah. he's ready yeah. to step in. Yeah, yeah, because your quarterbacks do get injured, and if, if he is, I mean, a lot of people like him as a quarterback. If he's if he's fairly good, it's and always he, and a, he is uh, fairly you, good. He is yeah. good. It, you know, I mean, if he is good in the NFL, it, it, that's a chip. You know, it, it's a grapple and stuff. You can always trade right. them. People are looking for quarterbacks. Yeah, I, I think the one that surprised me though with the quarterbacks, and as I learned yesterday, it might have been because he, he was te- he told teams that he was dealing with depression. Matt Corral from Ole Miss fell way to the third round, and I mean there was talk yep. at one time that he would be maybe middle of the first round, and um, he fell clear to the third round. And some of the thought was 
that he told the teams he was dealing with that, and maybe that's why he fell. Yeah. yeah. I was kind of surprised that Malik Willis fell as far as he did because it, there are, teams are always after that athletic running around. Yeah, they are. I'm like a rifle-type quarterback, you know? Mm-hmm. And, of course, the, there was the quarterback that was Mr. Irrelevant, as we talk about every year. Yeah. It was yep. Brock Purdy of Iowa State. <laughs> okay. Yep. Where, who picked him? Um, I forget. I forget who had the pick, but he was the last guy. But he says he's going to yeah, embrace last. it. He said he's going to yeah. embrace it. Maybe, maybe the Rams. I mean, they they're supposed to have the last yeah. pick because the Super Bowl traded. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but no, so, so Bill, 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 go ahead. Uh, but notice after after the conclusion of the draft, how many players were signed and signed to bonuses that weren't even drafted? Yeah. The Colts had two or yep. three players. I mean, you're the 49 had the last pick, guys. $150,000 bonuses and, you know, guaranteed money for the... You see that a lot. You see yeah. some players that are undrafted signed after. Yeah. Are, you see that. You know, yeah. are paying... It's not, not that many like you saw, but yeah, you do see it. I mean, you usually don't see that. No, we at the Colts were wondering what's going to happen to um, what's the guy's name with the wide receiver? Oh, Hilton. What's going yeah, to oh, happen yeah. to yeah, him? Hilton, yeah. yeah, they're not going to re-sign him after. No, I don't think so. Well, now there's another thing. What is it, Rick? That comes up on there's June first. There's another deadline that comes up. So what happens yeah, then? I, I, it's written into a lot of contracts that you you don't lose as much money if you cut them after June first. Yeah. Right. So you'll see yeah, some movement just, around them too. Yeah. And why they cut Nick Foles now, I don't know. But I my upset prediction is that Trubisky is going to do better than expected at Pittsburgh for some reason. Yeah, okay. you know uh, he's not all bad. You know, I think yeah. you know I don't think he got a totally good deal in in Chicago. They didn't have many weapons. I'm, I'm and I don't know enough about Pickett at the pro level. Obviously, he was very good in college. And I think, uh, and, and I don't think the guy who was killed, uh, you know, would have really been able to compete with these. I think he would have been the third guy. I think he would have been on the team. Um, and remember, they still have Mason Rudolph. And yeah. what, what happens after June 1st, Chris, uh, you can designate, I think it's two players. And if you release them after June 1st, you can get more salary cap space. Right. Like, for, like, for example, with the Raiders. Uh, both of their guys are cutting uh, Carl Nassib and Corey Littleton. That's going to give them $20 million in cap space that they yeah. can spend. That's what Rick is talking about when he says yeah. they can maneuver the salary cap. Right. That's, so, right. that's right. So, and you know, and what it does, what the NFL does with having these, okay, you got, oh, and then the next big thing, of course, is the schedule is starting to leak out. And the next big day will be uh, May 12th when we really yeah. get all the information. But the NFL has their thing uh, about every three or four weeks is something that you need to pay attention to in the NFL, you know, whether it be free agency or the draft or the schedule or the, the cuts. And then, and then you get and start, starting to get to mini camps and then you get into training camps. So yeah. the NFL has a really good PR drumbeat going all year long about stuff. You know, we, baseball isn't bad, with what, the, but we missed it, of course, for three months while we were waiting for them to come back. But baseball kind of does it, but the NFL has it down to a science, really. I think, okay. I think the, one, the one that baseball really killed themselves this year is when you miss the winter meetings. You really yeah. get a lot of stuff at yeah. that point in time. And That's right. Neither, neither side was smart enough to delay the lockout for two weeks or something. Yeah, that's right. Well, There's you, one you player had, that well, was yeah. drafted by Buffalo, I think, and I can't remember his name, but I'm interested to see him this year. He's a punter. But they were talking on, on the draft about how he led the you led the nation last year in 50, 60, 70, and 80-yard punts. 
Was he in Colorado? <laughs> I, I don't know. No, no he's oh, oh. San Diego State. Okay, then. Say, yeah, he yeah, he didn't see him a whole lot. I yeah, that's right. He was, but he tore up the Mountain West and punts. Yeah, I've heard. Did of I? Him, but I can't remember the name. Did either. I hear well, correctly, Sean? That Texas did not have any players or a very very low number drafted this year. They had one one player drafted. Uh, Dicker the kicker was not uh, drafted, which surprised a lot of people. But how many times are kickers actually drafted? So, but they had one player. I mean, for, te- for Texas, had, that's got to be. That's got to well, be really the disappointing. Last, the last few years, they haven't. But, yeah, it's, it's been the talk around here, and they didn't really. Like I said, a lot of the guys on Texas that are that they're trying are younger guys. But, yeah, their senior class and those that were eligible, not very good. The, mo- the most hope was Cameron Dicker, the kicker, but he didn't get drafted. I forget who he signed. Uh, somebody pick up Dicker, the kicker. You gotta have I, would, I would <laughs> sure <laughs> think so. Oh, yeah. yeah, the announcers loved it, had fun. But they may use him as a punter, because, and, and he could he had a year of eligibility. He could have came back. He probably should have because they used him as a punter and kicker. But Well, you know, yeah, yeah, well Hunter, but, Hunter Dicker, the punter and kicker. Pretty cool. That's but, great. <laughs> Cam, yeah, Cameron Dicker. And, and the Spanish announcer really loved it. You'd hear, oh! All right, on to another sport that is done in Spanish. It's not just baseball. The NBA, there's some Spanish announcing in, done for NBA, too. And uh, so we'll just finish off the first round and uh, make any comments on that. And then we've had game ones and all the second round series, so we can talk about them. Miami beat Atlanta four games to one. They blew them out in that fifth game, so that took care of them. The Hawks, uh, you know, did win the one game. That was it. Philadelphia over Toronto four games to two, and they blew out Toronto. And it was getting a little scary for the Sixers because it got down to three to two, and they'd been up three nothing, but they did blow out Toronto. However, in that either in that game or at some point, Joel Embiid got injured, an eye injury, and. I don't know how long game. they said he'd be out for two games. Is it, do they know if he's going to be out longer or not? Well, I have not heard I mean, an update. Yeah, I haven't heard the it. Reason he's actually out is the concussion, not okay. the horrible, horrible beyond the, the injury to the eye bone there. So it's okay. a concussion that actually has him out. So you never quite know exactly when that's going. That's on. right. So hopefully he'll be back soon because that kind of ruined. I mean, that, Philadelphia had a chance, I think, with Harden and Embiid. Uh, but uh, you know, with, without that, without uh, Embiid, it's pretty going to be pretty tough. The Celtics, as we know, had already swept uh, Brooklyn. We had already talked about that. Milwaukee beat Chicago four games to one, blew them out. You knew that the, the Bulls kind of went on vacation early for that game. In the West, well, it, well and, and a lot of their roster, frankly, by that game was, was injured anyway. Yeah. 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 In the West, uh, Phoenix beat New Orleans four games too, but the Pelicans gave them a good fight, I think, to win those two games. Yeah. That's not so bad. Uh, Dallas over Utah four games to two, and that was a good series. A lot of close games there. Um, Memphis over Minnesota, four games to two. And Minnesota, I guess what? Uh, they had a lot of big leads, and they just couldn't hold they them. They did. Even I, mean, I mean, am I, am I the only one, frankly, that would tell you that not only should they could have, Minnesota, in a lot of ways, should have won that series. Well, yeah. they had a 26-point lead in one of the games. They did. Yeah. Yeah. And, I believe they they had le- and I believe they had leads in every game. Yes, they did. Friday's game, they had an 11-point lead, and they came back they and did. lost by yeah. I was listening though to I was listening though to to uh, Alan Hunter, the um, Wolves announcer, and he said there's a lot of good things happening. He said, "No, you're never excited to lose," you know. But he said there's a lot of people in the organization that really feel they're on the upswing. Oh, I think. Oh, so. next year, next year they're going to be at least a four yeah. or five seed, if not. They should higher. be. 
They should be. Yeah. And Golden State ended up beating Denver uh, four games to one. So uh, they, they moved on into the second round. So here we go with round two. And I'm just doing it in the order, uh, you know, that they were they occurred. Milwaukee beat the Celtics by uh, 12. And again, they were Celtics were not. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum really had bad games. They're going to have better games than that. And, uh, yeah, you know, it didn't sound like the game was even really that close. No. Well, no. The problem was the Celtics could have made it closer a few times. They had layups. They missed a lot of layups. They had shots blocked, but they didn't keep going. Didn't keep driving. They settled for threes too much. You've got to base your threes on playing inside, then work it outside. You can't just be saying, "Oh, we'll stand out here and throw up threes because we're afraid of Giannis and, and Lopez and all that." And you're not going to win that way. You you can't do it. Uh-huh. So they're going to have to get their inside game going. They can do it. Tatum is a good inside player. You know, Robert Williams is very good. They can do this. So is Brown when he gets under there. But they they just uh, you know for I don't know whether they were a little rusty or what, but they came right out. They stormed right out to an eight point lead and then they ended up losing by 12 and they were behind by as much as 17 but they they were trailing through the whole like second three quarters of the game and smart as i said might be out chris middleton is out for the whole series with milwaukee so i think i heard that smart is probably going to he's questionable but he's probably going to play tonight yeah okay um golden state beat memphis in a close one and trayvon green got thrown out of the game draymond green draymond 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 green got thrown out of the game i mean to me to me who really would want that guy on your team <laughs> well this was i don't now i was listening to the warriors announcers and you've got to take everything with a grain of salt they right. thought it was a flagrant one they did not think it was a flagrant two they thought he was actually trying to help the guy from falling and you know but he's got a reputation and that's he, does. That he get fined or suspended for comments after the game or uh, he certainly it. got fined i don't think suspended but he certainly got fined no, yeah, he, got fined. No, okay. he wouldn't have been suspended in the playoffs. Okay, no, he, he got fined, but really, the problem was everybody on the TV coverage thought it was a flagrant one too, Chris, because yeah. they, they didn't think it meant the penalty to for a, a number two. So they were shocked. Even Steve Javi, who works for ESPN, ABC, he was on the uh, telecast, and he said, "No, that's not it. That's not a flagrant two. They, yeah. They, see, they but then see, I was listening to uh, PJ Carlesimo, and he said it looked to him like it was. So, yeah. Well, they, you, you know, know, it's all a matter of interpretation, but you know, oh, yeah. but they still want it. That's got to be demoralizing for the Grizzlies because you you have one of the best players out in your home, and you still don't win the game. That's when you've got to win. So that's a tough one yep. for them. And, and tonight is game two for that series. That's right. Both actually, basically, what's going to happen for the foreseeable future: the Celtics, uh, Bucks games, and the Warriors, uh, Grizzlies games are going to be the same night. That's, That's kind correct. of the way they've yeah. got them paired up, and the same with Philadelphia and Miami and stuff. Yeah. So they're they're taking off from Tuesday to Saturday too. Yeah, yeah, yeah they are. I, w- I wonder that's if that's. Be- I wonder if the reason is uh, they're they're going to give TNT some hockey time. Well, no, okay, here, here's what happens. Here's why. Here's what. The Sunday-Tuesday games are off on Thursday. They would have been playing Tuesday, tonight, and Thursday if there would have been game sevens. So they're doing Tuesday, yeah. thir- uh, Sunday, Tuesday, then they're going to do Saturday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. Yeah. So they all match up with where the other games, since they took off last Saturday, they went Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday. And that's how the games were last night that are playing tomorrow. That, that's how they match up. Right. And, and keep this in mind, this gives the networks flexibility uh, for, like, yesterday ESPN showed hockey. Today ESPN will show hockey. Tomorrow, when ESPN starts to show basketball, 
it'll move over to TNT. Right, yeah, well, they're, they're yeah. trading them off. And that makes it kind of somewhat better for the fans who have teams that want to watch both sets of playoffs. It kind of spreads the games out a little differently than, than you, you had them. So, you know, that, that's right. okay. And well, I, no, I actually, think they Robert said, has, hold, hold on, Robert, Sean, hold on, hold on, Sean, I think I heard last night, too, when, it, when TNT starts, some of the hockey will be on TNT and some on TBS. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. Well, tomorrow, TNT still has NBA. TNT will start with hockey and TBS. Because it's still on TNT. ESPN has Friday and Saturday. Yeah, so because everything's saying TNT is still tomorrow with, with basketball. Yeah. But, well, so how, about, how about this? To, to keep up on that stuff, stay call that schedules board and listen yeah, to that. Right. We'll keep but, you posted. Everything will be uh, flexible. And if you got a favorite team, you'll be able to remember right. where they are. And, and one thing we can tell you with the Derby on Saturday, with the two, the two, the Celtics uh, Bucks game and the and the Warriors game. There's going to be good basketball. There's going to be good hockey, and there's going to be good horse racing and uh, fight. So as usual, the first Saturday in May is always a good sport day and plenty of baseball. So yep. there's, there's a lot to watch. Okay, Miami beat Philadelphia again, and Bede was out. Beat him by about 18 points or something like that, 14, whatever it was. And Phoenix beat Dallas. But, you know, I was in the beginning of that game, and Dallas fell way behind really fast. But they played them even from then on. They they never, didn't seem to gain much, but they end up losing by seven. But they were behind. Well, maybe they came back. They were down by 15 or something, got it to seven. And I didn't hear the second half. I had to go to bed. But just it, it, it was a – I think Dallas is going to give them a bit of a battle. Luka Doncic is going to do it if he can help. He had a triple-double oh, yeah, at 45 game. points. So, you know, that's that's quite a thing. And Dallas, we're, we're going to talk about Toronto Maple Leafs in a little while. When people haven't won playoff series since, you know, we, we're used to teams getting in and winning a round here or there and then being out for a couple of years, whatever. Dallas has not until this year won a playoff series since 2011. I happened to hear it on their pregame show. This is their first trip to the second round in 2011. 2011, they won the championship. And, of course, many years they were not in the playoffs at all. They were a lottery team. But they've built themselves back, gotten up into the playoffs. But, you know, in, in hockey and basketball, if you go that long without winning a, a, a series, you know, that's something. So we'll have a lot more of a feel for these series when we get to next week. We'll have had four games or five games in some of them, and we'll be able to tell you kind of what's going on a little bit more uh, than we are right now. So any more uh, NBA stuff that we have? I guess not. I just heard a little motorcycle just go by, you know. So they, they didn't want to talk about it. I have nothing else right now. Okay. All right, no, now, here... Awards came out yet. I'm sure they'll start trickling out more next week, the other awards. Right, yeah. I, I don't know what they give out when exactly. The NBA, yeah, I think they give some out at the finals. I think the MVP gets given out at the finals because I think they have an so, off yeah. day there and stuff and do that kind of stuff. Okay, here are your final NHL. Hold on, Chris, before you do that, before you do that, uh, Gina, go ahead and unmute, and we will be able to hear you when you yeah, unmute she's delaying yourself. hearing how bad the Kraken were. Anyway... <laughs> I hope you can hear me if I unmute. We hear you. Yes, we hear you. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I don't know the details on this, but I have heard that they're talking about having another Seattle Supersonics basketball team. I don't know when it's going to happen or how, but it's in the talking stage. So to me, yes, that's pretty exciting. Here's, here's, here's what's going on with that, Gina, uh, that I know of. There, the NBA wants to expand the 32 teams, and the two prime candidates – Seattle's getting the first team whenever it happens. And another one they're talking about is Vegas. I still don't know if Vegas can support all these pro teams, but Seattle Seattle and Vegas are the two that they're looking at. They don't want to move another team there. They want to go to they want to go to thirty two teams because expansion money, expansion team money, that's cash to those other owners where if a team relocates, 
you don't get that cash flows. Isn't it, isn't it amazing a few years ago how you heard every, everybody say how horrible betting was and this and this and this? <laughs> yeah. And now all these sports can't wait to get to Vegas. Oh, we've got a crazy just just to throw it in because because we you know have a minute. The this is stupid here. They've they've got the House has passed a regular sports betting bill that everybody has you know basically you know signed off on. The now this is, well, is this is it. This is in the state, Chris, or federal? Yes, yeah, in the state. state. Oh no, there's no okay. federal. You know, uh, so it's okay. Massachusetts. The House has passed it. The state, uh, the Senate, I mean, is saying we don't want college betting. Now come on, this is stupid. Now my thought, and and now there was a betting scandal at a at a dive that Rick and I used to go to, Mary Ann's in Cleveland Circle. Yeah. And there was a betting scandal there. Boy, that place stunk sometimes. <laughs> but there was a betting scandal there. BC was involved in it. Okay, you could say, now you could do this, and I'm not, this is just a, if I were to come in and say, give it this, give it a try for five years, see how it works, but no betting on Massachusetts, games involving Massachusetts teams. You could do that. I think Nevada has a rule, no betting on Nevada or you on a region. Yeah, no, uh, that's right. Uh, in Vegas, you cannot bet on uh, UNLV stuff. Not at so all. there you go. Oh, so, by the way, did Gina have any other stuff? Other I don't know. <laughs> Is she still here? Nope. Gina, yeah, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm here. And, and okay. no. Okay. Okay. All right, Gina. <laughs> if, you do, if you do, Gina, you can just raise your hand again. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thanks. Sure. Okay. But yeah, so that's, I mean, you could do something like that. And maybe that's what's spooking them was that BC scandal 20 years ago. I don't really know, but you know, it's just, as far the state as takes they, forever to do anything anyway. I think they far. still like sound like Puritan sometimes. Yeah? Yeah. They do. And, and yeah. also they, they, uh, the right people may not have gotten, you got to give Cut money to the, yeah. the casinos. You got to do something by give the, let them have some sports books. You have to figure out which casinos are going to get the sports book. And you, I assume there's still a, the OTB people that have to be taken into account. I assume we have some of that somewhere. So I don't even know what we're doing here. As far as Vegas goes, with with everybody who lives there and with all the people that visit, uh, they pretty much feel like they can support all four teams. I agree. Uh, I think they can. Yeah, but no, people are always coming. You know, if hey, you're in Vegas or something, your 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 team's there. You're gonna go. You know, there's a number forty six market though. Well, uh, Sean, that will increase as as more and more people move there. Um, Yeah, I I listen to Vegas radio a lot because of the Raiders and the possibility of the A's going there. And uh, believe me, there are constant advertisements with real estate. And Robert's gonna move there if the A's and the A's go too. He's (laughs) at it. He's out of here. Uh, No, I don't know about that. (laughs) Hey, the Warriors are going to move there, too. They they have have what they need. No, I know. As far as, you know, from what I can tell, uh, I don't think that's going to be an issue. Yes, it may be number 46 now, but I think think as more and more people move to Vegas from other areas, uh, that's going to, you know, they're going to increase their media market size. Yeah, no, I I I think I'll bet, though. See how see how I do that? I'll bet we have some good uh, hockey good. coming up. Yeah, we do. We got hockey standings. These are the final NHL standings, and then we will run run down the uh, playoffs and where we stand here. So, in the Atlantic Division, Florida was is has got the President's Trophy curse with 122 points, and we still don't know how long it's been. Somebody won the Stanley Cup when they won that, but uh, it's been a many a moon. Toronto is number two at 115 in the Atlantic. Third is Tampa Bay at 110. Bruins ended up at 107, number four. Then way off. The Buffalo at 75, Detroit 74, Ottawa 73. And, you know, I got to give Ottawa some credit. They were down near Montreal uh, most of the 
year. And all of a sudden, you know, you don't look at the standings very closely sometimes. And Ottawa played pretty well down the stretch to get to where they were. And Montreal with 55. And that's what I'm saying. They were a lot closer. Ottawa pulled way ahead of Montreal. Metropolitan Division, Carolina, uh, 116. The Rangers, 110. Pittsburgh, 103. Washington at 100. Those are the playoff teams. Then you go to the Islanders at 84, Columbus at 81, um, New Jersey at 63, and Philadelphia, we'll be talking about them at 61. They fired their coach, so did Detroit. We'll talk about that. Central Division, Colorado at 119, uh, Minnesota 113, St. Louis 109, but the Blues have already taken home ice advantage, as we said, or we will say. Dallas at 98, Nashville 97. Those are your playoff teams out of that division. Winnipeg 89, Chicago 68, Arizona 57. In the Pacific, only three got in. Calgary at 111. Edmonton 104. The Kings are at 99. And then Vegas did not make it at 94. Vancouver 92. San Jose 80, uh, 77. Anaheim 76. And Seattle 60. And then in the East, uh, we have, are going to have the matchup that will start tonight. Washington and Florida. We've already got a game uh, played. Uh, and uh, One game last night was Tampa Bay and Toronto from that division. Then the Bruins are playing Carolina, and that's underway, and Pittsburgh and the Rangers start tonight. In the West, we have Nashville at Colorado. That will start tonight. We have St. Louis and Minnesota. That started last night. Dallas and Calgary will start tonight, and the Kings and Edmonton started last night. So the games that have been played so far in round one, Carolina beat the Bruins 5-1, to one, as I said. I thought the Bruins had... A reasonable territorial presence, but you know, Carolina is just a better team, and the goal goaltending is shaky at best. So, you know, and uh, Bruins are just gonna, I think, uh, be one of those thank you for coming teams. Hope they can get it back to Boston. So, people, well, they will get it back to Boston, but it'd be nice if they won a game. But, uh, you know, I, I, oh, think, I think that they will. I hope so. Yeah, but, but they, uh, you know, like you said, they were outscored 21 to 2 or something so far against these guys. Toronto beat Tampa Bay, uh, 5 nothing, and this is now that doesn't give them a series, but let me tell you, the last time. Toronto won a playoff series was 2004. And I was thinking about 2004 in the spring. The Red Sox hadn't won in any of their World Series yet. George uh, W. Bush was president. Uh, you know, the, the Fillmore, our phone system wasn't even started yet. Didn't start till yeah, August. Yeah. 2004. It started August, uh, August 15th. The playoff series was in April. So the, yeah. the thing is that, you know, many things have gone under the bridge since Toronto won a playoff series. And they've got one, you know, one game lead. And they did beat Tampa Bay, and they're the Stanley Cup champion. So I don't think Tampa Bay is as good this year as they have been. But anyway. No, they've played an awful lot of hockey in the last couple of years. But, you know, yeah, they, that, it, they it'll wear out after in. a while sometimes. Yeah. That's right. St. Louis, St. Louis beat Minnesota 4 to nothing, And that sounded like uh, I know they scored right away on the power play in the first couple of minutes. They of the did. Game. They, they had, yeah, they had two goals by the end of the first period. Yeah, and uh, so the Blues are in good shape. They got the, home, you know, you play all year to get home ice advantage, a real fight down in the end, then you lose it in one game. But, I mean, you can take it back like the Celtics uh, can by winning one in Milwaukee. Uh, you know, the, the Blues have to win one in, uh, in, in I mean, the uh, Wild have to win one in St. Louis. That's all, and you get it back very quickly. So, Well, Barry Melrose was on with uh, Chris Russo yesterday. Mm-hmm. He said that has the earmarks of a seven-game series uh, and he said that I forget who the second team was, but he said there were only two teams that he did not feel were capable of not, wi- you know, winning the cup. One was the stars. And I forget who, who he said the other one was, but mm-hmm. he said this year he feels at all, but two teams could win, you know, could potentially yeah. win the thing. 
Okay. It's unusual that the um, the first well, the first three games we've talked about here, they all had a margin of victory of at least four goals, and that's unusual yeah. for the NHL playoffs. They're usually pretty tight. Well, the one, yeah, that's right. And this the one goal yeah. game was the uh, Kings beat Edmonton again. Home ice has gone for the for the Oilers right now, four to three. Yeah. So uh, that's so now tonight for, probably we'll have four overtime games. Yeah, we probably will, and yeah. uh, you know that's that's the way that goes. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's early in these series. You don't know anything really, but uh, it was disappointing for the Bruins. I'm sure Tampa Bay fans aren't very happy or, or wild fans. You know, a one goal game you can kind of live with, but, uh, you know, you want to win those, especially when you're home. So we had a few uh, news and notes in the NHL. Uh, Dustin Brown from the Kings will retire after the playoffs. He's, at, he's played 18 seasons. Is all with the Kings and 1,295 games. He won cups in 12 and 14 with the Kings and probably will have his number retired. And then we have uh, Jeff uh, Brashill uh, fired by Detroit after seven years. So basically, he's been on the, there for all the lean years, pretty much. I mean, yeah. they made the playoffs, I know, in 14, and uh, maybe about one of the last times. Steve Eiserman got rid of him. How long has Eiserman been there, Robert? Well, we don't know. But anyway, um, uh, Steve Eiserman, I think, you know, he, he was involved in okay, the Tampa what, Bay. Sorry, Chris, what was your question? Uh, how long has Steve Eiserman been, been with the Red Wings now? Uh, he, took, he took over uh, at the beginning of the season. So Okay. Uh, he, but he basically said, uh, it's nothing against this coach, but he said whenever I ran Tampa Bay, I always brought in my own people, sure. and that's what, that's what I'm doing here. Yep, so. that's fine. And uh, so Mike uh, Yo was fired uh, by Philadelphia. He's the, he was the great coach that uh, decided, or well, maybe with consulting from the management, that he wasn't going to play um, uh, Yandel, uh, who yeah. was still going for the uh, Keith Yandel for those consecutive games, which was just stupid. You know, just a ridiculous thing to do. There's no way he's coming back to the to the uh, to the Flyers. I'm sure no, after but, that uh, happened. The, pro- the problem is once you uh, once once you lose a record like that, you can never yeah. get it back. You know, no, you can no, never that get wasn't back. fair. And now Phil Kessel is going to be known as the person that, that plays in that many consecutive games. You know, right. So Ooh, if I remember, Rick, am I wrong? Wasn't he benched at one point by uh, Claude Julian for not playing hard? Was, was yeah, that him? Yeah. I yeah. think he well, did. Well, so. uh, Phil Kessel was not a beloved person in Boston. No, he not at not, all. He was not a beloved person in Toronto. Nope. Uh, you know, uh, I'm really amazed that he's the guy that breaks all the consecutive yeah. game records. It, you know, because mm-hmm. if I remember correctly, when he first started, uh, he was always injured. Correct? Yeah, he was injured yeah. a fair amount, so, and then he wouldn't know, play hard. And Julian, Julian was a no nonsense guy. There were things about him I didn't like, but he was a no nonsense guy. And yeah. uh, you know, you. Didn't you didn't play hard. You didn't play. And yeah, I think so, Kessel enjoyed the nightlife in Boston. Yeah. <laughs> well, apparently he did. He did it even more in Toronto, Rick. From what I yeah. hear. Yeah. Okay. So, any more uh, hockey comments? Well, again, we'll have more on these series next week, and we'll yep. be a lot further along, and we'll be able to talk more about we that. May, we we may have some more coaching changes uh, when new GMs get hired. So you need to stay tuned for possible more changes elsewhere. So. You know, because so now, 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 Pierre, now Pierre can wake up. Yeah, wake <laughs> up, Pierre. So now, uh, does that mean, Robert, that they actually do it the right way in the NHL and let the GM pick the coach? That is correct. Yep. Good. I mean, I don't know why the NFL does it. You know, here's your coach, and now, would you like to be GM with this coach yeah. you never worked with before? What a good idea. Anyway, but.
But then again, you're Bill Belichick. You, you, he should fire himself and hire a real GM and get some drafting done here. All right, we have our first in, in instance of the NF. Uh, well, I'm okay. The MLB standing. And uh, before you the, do that, Chris, just to update okay. people, in the bottom of the fifth in the first game, the New York Mets are leading the Atlanta Braves five to four. That'll be one of two doubleheaders this week. <clears throat> the Mets are playing a single admission doubleheader. You know, not really taking advantage of, of the fans and all. But the Cincinnati Reds and the Pittsburgh Pirates on Saturday are going to play a day night doubleheader. I want to be a both of is, those. Oh, I would too. Uh, oh, Do people yeah. want to pay for that once? Why are they going to pay twice? Uh, yeah, we for... Sorry, Bill. Yeah. Why would you sit home and watch the derby, the basketball, the hockey, yeah. or the boxing when you can sit in uh, maybe 55 degree rainy weather in Pittsburgh and watch two and of the those USFL games. too? The USFL. And the USFL too. I can't forget them. Okay, so and there will go. be, a, and there will be just for just to remind people, Chris, there will be a lot of double headers this year on the schedule, like mm-hmm. this one. This was this was apparently one of the series that was wa- wiped out during the lockout. So you're going to see a yeah. lot of double headers yeah. this year because teams have to make up those that okay. week of games. That's right. Yep. So American League East, we have the Yankees at 17 and six. Toronto fifteen and nine, Tampa Bay thirteen and ten, the Red Sox, the floundering Red Sox at nine and fourteen, and the Baltimore Orioles at eight and fifteen. You're not supposed to be closer to the Orioles than to the other three teams here, and that you know they're not hitting. I mean, the the pitching has been okay. Uh, you know, the bullpen and then starters have been all right, but they're not hitting at all, and this is why you can't win if you don't hit. And they've got problems, some defensive problems, and uh, you know, two. And uh, there was a whole thing I was just listening to uh, Tony Mazz. Zarate and, and them talking about uh, the first base. Why do we have this, you know, uh, situation at first base with uh, Dahlbeck, who's not hitting again, and uh, Franchi Cordero and all these people coming in to play? And, you know, why not get a real first baseman? Well, maybe they'll have to, you know, we'll see. They, they will not stand pat. I know that. So if they find well, they're they out have of it. Well, they'll have to do something because they just uh, designated for assignment Travis Shaw. Yes, they did. So they brought up Franchi to play first. So we're yeah. all set now, Franchi Cordero. So anyway, Bo, it's just been really bad right now. And you you lose two out of three to Baltimore in Baltimore. That's not good. You can't do that. In the uh, Central, we have Minnesota with a nice little lead for this time of year, 14-9. and nine. Cleveland at 10-12. and 12. Chicago White Sox nine and thirteen, Detroit seven and fourteen, Kansas City seven and fourteen. So the Twins taking advantage of. You were saying there's a lot of injuries on the White Sox. The White Sox have a lot of injuries. That's correct, and the Twins Mm -hmm. are taking advantage of that. And and if you're Minnesota, I think you probably while the White Sox, you know the old thing, you kind of kick them when they're down. While they have all these injuries, you need to build up a lead that way because you know the White Sox will make a run. That way, then mm-hmm. you've got a you've got some some room to work with. Okay, in the West, the Angels who come in here tonight at fifteen and nine. Rick, I forget. Did you pick them this year for some exalted position? No, I don't I remember. Didn't. <laughs> oh well, now they're in first place. Oh. Well, it's early. Anyway, Seattle's at twelve and eleven. Houston at twelve and eleven. We have Oakland at ten and thirteen for for the A's. That's not bad considering yep. the cast characters. And Texas is eight and fourteen. National League East, the Mets at sixteen and eight. Miami, Miami is second. What's going on? 12 and 10. Philadelphia, 11 and 12. They've been playing the Mets a lot. That's been part of their problem. Atlanta, 11 and 13. Now, Atlanta's been on on the West Coast a lot. So, you know, and you always struggle when you go out there to some degree. So that might be part of it. Washington are not good at 8 and 16. Uh, Mid-Atlantic baseball is going to be great again this year, Baltimore and Washington. (laughs) In the Central, we got Milwaukee at 15 and 8. St. Louis at 13 and 9. 
Pittsburgh at nine and thirteen. Again, you know, you look at when when Pitts, when the Red Sox are nine and fourteen and Pittsburgh's nine and thirteen, it just feels different. Pittsburgh's that that's better than expected to when you're expected to lose hundred games. The Cubs, however, are nine and thirteen. I think you thought things were going to be a little bit better, Perry. What's been going on with the Cubs? Well, what they thought was is they were going to try what the Giant did last year, you know, to kind of just throw guys together and and hope it works and all this stuff. Well, so far when when the pitching is good, the hitting isn't, and when the hitting yeah. is good, the pitching isn't. So yeah. hopefully they can pick up one player, though, that has been a pleasant surprise for the Cubs. Um, and I know he always did well with the Yankees is David Roberts. And he was injured, of course, with the Phillies. But um, he, he's oh, yeah, really having, he's really putting up some good numbers. And I imagine if that continues, he might be on a contender by the end of July. Yeah. And then uh, and it's two o'clock in California for those who are interested. <laughs> and. The Reds are three and nineteen, and we've already kind of talked about them. And if you're an owner and you come out and say, "I don't really care if I win," um, that doesn't give anybody a good attitude on your team or in the yeah. in the city or anything like that. It's terrible. Um, so in the National League West, we got a wild race going on, as we did last year. They picked up where they left off. Dodgers are fourteen and seven. San Diego's fifteen and eight. And the Giants are fourteen and eight. So the three of them within half a game of each other, and that's the way they spent most most of last year. Till the and the Padres Dodgers and Giants play bit. each other tonight. There we go. They'll get that started for the year. Colorado again uh, is in there at thirteen and nine. Now, who expected that? And Arizona, even in last place at eleven and thirteen, again like the Pirates, you kind of say, "Hey, that's better than we expected for a team like that." So, uh, you know, that's interesting new standings here. Okay, so we have some notes. Uh, John Jay has retired. He uh, played uh, twelve years. He uh, from the Cardinals with the Cardinals from ten through fifteen, and then he helped them win in two thousand eleven in the World Series. And then he was at various points with San Diego, the Cubs, Kansas City, Arizona, and the White Sox. And uh, and let's see, I think uh, the last time he played was in two thousand twenty one for the Angels. And uh, so he retired at thirty seven years old. I guess he couldn't find a team, you know, as a free agent this year. Then we have uh, Ronald Acuna came back from his torn ACL last year that kept him out of uh, the last part of the season and the postseason. So that's good for the Braves. Had been out nine months. And then uh, Trevor Bauer is really suspended now. He was suspended uh, with pay, but now he's suspended for two years, a.k.a. 324 games well, without pay. And I don't think the Dodgers have to keep him or anything. I think they could just let him go because but, I think well, he is appealing that if, if yeah. it goes through and it holds by the time that he would come out of that, that contract would be over. Okay, then. All right. But and, apparently, and, I, from what I have heard, what, the reason they gave him the, the two years is there are some things that um, we had not heard that are out there. And frankly, they are quite horrific. He uh, apparently he and the women that he uh, uh, with were they do some really bad things. I don't know what they are because I, I haven't looked it up, but apparently it's really bad. That's why it's two years. Yeah. Okay. Well, and you know, the thing is, if it's really hard, you know, to compare uh, all this stuff, if they've really got some proof, but he, he doesn't necessarily have to be facing criminal. Nobody's talking about any criminal cases with any of this. Right? That is correct. He's been cleared criminal. Right. Okay. So, and then, um, Tyler McGill had a combined no-hitter with the Mets. He was the starter, pitched for five innings, but apparently his uh, pitch count was up, so they took him out. He had five walks and three strikeouts in that game. 
And, uh, you know, so that it's just one of these things. I don't know how many individual no hitters you're going to even see. Have yeah, we even know. had a complete game yet this year? I mean, no, for no I don't think so. No. no. It's I mean, going to be the way that the way that pitchers are being worked now. It is going to be very difficult to pitch a no hitter because a lot of managers now they'll go two times through the lineup and that's about it. Yeah, that's but right. You can see on this, unlike the, the Dodgers one a couple of weeks ago, they, I think he had like eighty-eight pitches through five innings and they drove. There was no way he was going to be able to complete. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, you can yeah. you can understand that, but the other yeah. one was was more uh, was a lot lower. So, and Clayton Kershaw has gone past. Uh, uh, the has now two twenty seven hundred strikeouts for the Dodgers. Huh? Yep, he passed Don Sutton. Uh, yeah. Passed Don uh, Oral Hershiser, I think, was actually second, wasn't he? No, no Don, Sutton. Don Sutton. Was it Don Sutton Don with Sutton, the Dodgers? Yeah. Okay, I knew that Don had more in his career because, of course, he went to Milwaukee and stuff after that. But okay, so he passed uh, and uh, got twenty seven hundred strikeouts. So you know that uh, anyway, and he, the record that he passed had twenty six ninety six. And uh, so after 21 games, we don't, and we're figuring probably after 22 games, this is an all-timer for the Reds. It's their worst start. Their April was 3-21, and 21, and then they lost their May 1st. So they're 3-18, three and uh, three and 18, I'm sorry, 3 out of the 21 games they won, 3-18, and 18, and now they're 3-19. And, 19. and uh, you know, this is, I mean, some historic teams, I mean, the, the Mets were 40 and 120. The, uh, you know, the Tigers had a couple of bad. If you ask Miss A, and she's pretty good about this, if you can think back to some of the teams, you always hear Joe Garagiola talking about the 1952 Pirates. You can ask about them. The Tigers in about, oh, three, I think, were horrendous. So you can kind of ask around Miss A and find out what some of those records are that the Reds are starting to look at. But this could be historic. And uh, they'll, you may see a fire sale this year. Just, you know, guys might want to just get out of there and uh, say, please trade me somewhere. So other than, other than Joey Votto, though, Bill, they don't have a lot fire sale, well, do they? Uh, Joey Votto, speaking of which, is not injured, but he's on the disabled list. So something's going on. Stay well, it would down. either be a family matter or a medical matter. One of the two. Or yeah. Maybe he said. He made a comment like, we've got five long months ahead of us. <laughs> it could uh, be. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. I think he's explaining the groundwork. He may have not, not quite come out and said it in so many words and said, just get me out of here. You yeah, know? He needs a mental break. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he wants to go to a contender, like, and I don't blame him. You know, like this is ridiculous. And the, the, the other topic that's been big this week is these baseballs. Now, I don't understand Okay, now I remember, I'm trying to run it by, and maybe I've got this wrong from last year, but I seem to remember at the beginning of the year, of course, we had all the, the stuff about the uh, pitchers putting the foreign substances on the ball, and the balls weren't that great. I think they were too juiced up, if I recall, at the beginning of last year, so they right. uh, sent them, settled them down, and we were good, I thought, from about the middle of the season to the end. Where did those baseballs go? Now everybody's saying that they they're too slippery, that they uh, need to be that they're not as lively as they were. What, did they forget how to make them? No. What they what they have done is you always hear in Colorado about the humidor. Yeah. All parks now have humidors, so balls are in that in the humidor. So I imagine that's and it's been cold in most places. So I imagine that's been part of the problem. So can you just say like okay? We have a rule, uh, for example, that you can go to your mouth if it's below uh, 40 degrees. Uh, I think it was 40 degrees. So can't you have a thing that says if the temperature is on a day is not going to get above 50 or 60 or something, you don't put them in the humidor. Would that be a, a, like a hard thing to do? 
I'm, I'm sure they could do it, but yeah. you know Major League Baseball and the players, they have trouble. They have trouble figuring out what day it is between the two of them. Yeah. So, I mean, chess with baseball, with Major right. League Baseball. I think they agree that they all end with Y. I have heard right. that. That's, I think that they, they worked that out. Yeah. They might agree. But, I mean, I just think it's ridiculous because you don't hear this. From, you have an issue. Now, what was the thing? Uh, I know Sean mentioned it last week with the USFL. They figured out that the sensor and the ball was screwing things up so the kickers couldn't well, use the kickers, them. So they, yeah. 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 So they, went back, they went back to the K-ball for the kickers. Yeah, yeah. So fine. I mean, come on. This isn't hard. And they're making the baseballs. I, I think, as I understand it, they're, they're making them themselves. or They're in charge yes, of the yeah. manufacturing mm-hmm. process. So this should be a, a quick fix. And what was the humidor supposed to do? Uh, you know, what, what is the principle behind the humidor? It means that, it, well, it just means that every ball in every stadium is exactly the same. Yeah. But right, see, but they a, aren't. One of the Mets pitchers was saying that that's a, that this year that every, every ball he gets is different. There's no two balls the same. Right. So that's the point. And again, with, with the weather being, I mean, this is like, okay, it just reminds me of the story I heard about why Candlestick Park was where it was, because they always went out and checked it in the morning. They'd go about 10 or 11 in the morning. <laughs> Nobody knew that it would be a hurricane by two or three in the afternoon when you're going to actually play baseball there. So, you know, when you do things, you have to, like, remember that there's going to be weather, there's going to be other things involved, and not everybody's in a dome and, and all this. So, you know, the, the baseball you use in Boston in April won't necessarily be the same, be the same kind that you might want to use in Miami in, in uh, August. Yeah. You know, you can't say you're going to use it all year. So I don't, I don't get remember, it. Remember Peter, uh, the guy in the Metro, Peter Alonzo? Peter Alonzo, <laughs> yeah. yeah. He, you know, his theory about how baseball change, uh, the league changes the baseballs depending on the free agents that are coming up at the end of that year. If there's more, if there's more hitters coming up, then they make the balls harder to you know, go less distance. If there's more good pitches coming up for new contracts, then they make the ball easier to hit. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. But, uh, you know, it, it's just, it just seems like there ought to be a, a, a simple fix. And if you're in charge of the manufacturing process, and it's like, has, has the commissioner who comments on everything every 10 minutes, has he had anything to say about this issue? No. That is unusual. That, that there's something, there's the upset of the whole story <laughs> that he hasn't talked about it because usually he has opinions on everything. So I don't know. But the again, the humidors probably shouldn't be used below a certain temperature. And, uh, you know, it, obviously a ball in Colorado is going to be different again at the sea level parks like Boston and Los Angeles uh, too. So, uh, you know, because of the humidity and, 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 you know, look at humid places like Houston, uh, you know, well, when they play outside, but they don't always play. Dallas, you know, Texas, you know, things like that with the Rangers and Atlanta. So another, just the way another baseball base, is. Oh, good, right. different. No, I was just yeah. say that's the way baseball is. You know, the parks have different dimensions. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah, which is fine. But yeah. you need to treat the base. If you want the baseballs to react the same, before you decided you were just going to throw humidors in every park or, or stuff, you needed to do some experiments and say, you know, we, we, I don't think we had a problem the second half of last year. So no. why not just use those until you decide how you want to implement the humidors and stuff, you know? Another that story, Chris, that is uh, that I have kind of le- I haven't said anything because I wanted to make sure I could get information before say you know you don't want to you don't want to look bad when you say something that isn't. Sunday right. I was listening to the Royals when they were playing the Yankees and it was Denny Matthews and Jeff Montgomery, the former Royals pitcher, mm-hmm. and uh, I thought, well, why is that? And uh, yesterday. I turned on the game and Steve Stewart was giving the lineups and he sounded a little bit scratchy. And then the producer came on and said, we're going to join uh, Ryan Lefevre and Jeff Montgomery in St. Louis for a simulcast. Well, both Steve's Fizziok and Stewart uh, apparently 
have uh, been placed in the health and safety protocols. I don't uh, know if they tested positive or something, but they were unable. It was only a one-day trip, so but yeah. uh, apparently they were both in health and safety protocols. So, and obviously, you know, with Ryan Lefevre, the TV announcer, he's done much a lot of radio in the past, so it, it was nothing new for him. And hopefully, he did it like a radio game. He so certainly did. Yes, he did. It. Yes, he did. Good. Now, the other thing I should have mentioned in the basketball, speaking of that, Cedric Maxwell did not make Sunday's game because of uh, health and safety protocols. And oh, yeah, Sean said there was a scenario he could be back tonight. Again, similar to uh, uh, Christian Vasquez, who came back after a day or two. If he has no symptoms and he tests, has a couple of right. negative tests, he can come back. Now, Abby Chin, you know, don't don't uh, sell the Celtics short on color people, because Abby Chin, who does the games on Fox Sports New England, I think she's a sideline reporter. She's an excellent color, color woman. She does a good job and i think she we may have had on our phone system we may have had games with her when harvard was in the ncaa tournament i think we might have had a game or so where she she used to be with the whrb team you know doing those games in college you know as a color person and she's very good so if you you know sometimes you go by and say oh there's a woman doing color no 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 she's excellent i think if she wants to in in the future she could replace some of these other people that they talk about that aren't so good because she uh she really knows her stuff so and she and, and i mean the, Sean and there are very well some together. good and there are some good female analysts i mean obviously yep. doris burke on espn yep. is, is pretty good oh, yeah, and, the, her and mark jones are the number two team on espn now they are um debbie antonelli that you hear her both in the NCAA, and I think she does uh, women for uh, maybe ESPN during the season. So um, there yeah. are some good ones. So if Max isn't there tonight and you say, oh, I don't want to listen to that. No, Sean and Abby do a good job. They did a good job on Sunday and uh, just wasn't good results for the home team, right. but uh, it was a good broadcast. And to, be, so anybody, and, to be total, and to be totally fair, there are also plenty of bad male analysts. Correct. And we've got one now with Tom Gordon. He's got to – he doesn't know. And if you guys listen, he did the whole series with Will Fleming in, in Baltimore. But he is not doing any homework. He's, like, talking about, well, when you're a pitcher, you got to bow, bow your back in a situation yeah. like this. you got to, you know, maybe you should throw a few more curves or faster. He's talking about the game, but he's not saying things like, well, you know, this guy is uh, really – Ryan Mountcastle he knew about because he'd played in his youth baseball league down in Florida. So him we know about, but he's not yeah. understanding that you've got to go and get around the batting cage and learn something about the other team. Talk to the guys on your team. He doesn't sound connected to the actual game. He's doing generic stuff that I could do from my house, you know, without yeah. being there. And you talk about bad analysts and bad announcers just go to any of the teams in the cities of Miami and Denver. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe he's uh, auditioning. He'll get a Marlins job because I think he could do that. But well, uh, the Marlins. I mean, that's what they're doing this year. They're going through. Apparently, they have. I think Glenn Geffner said they were going through about fifteen people that were gonna help him with radio uh, this year. It's, it's like the 2019 Red Sox with the cast of thousands, and uh, we had Josh <laughs> Lewin, and that's great. But we also had Mario and Pemba, and that was not good. So uh, you can get well, good ones. I, I forget who it was, but there was the last day of spring training. There was a female analyst that was working, I think she was working with their pre and post game host. Mm -hmm. And I mean, is, is the one in Boston, Chris, maybe Oh, this one was terrible. Yeah, no, Abby's very good. So if no, you want to listen So there tonight, are good and there are bad. Up. But, you know, right. I missed Max because Max has certain things he says about certain things. You kind of miss that. But when, they, when the refing was not what the Celtics fans liked, uh, they were both talking about channeling Tommy Heinsohn because, uh, you know, <laughs> she worked with Tommy Heinsohn. And, and uh, Tommy would not have been pleased with some of the things that were going on at the Garden on Sunday. That's for sure. 
So anyway, oh. I think that's about it for everything I had. Go. We got any callers I, or anything? I got, a, we, well, I got a couple of quick baseball things. Just, oh, good. I just wanted, to, yeah. No, I just wanted to, and this sticks in my throat, but I just wanted to mention that the Yankees have won ten in a row. Yeah. And the other thing is that the Mets have had a very interesting season this year. They've got before this Atlanta series, they've played seven series. They've won every series, but they haven't swept any. They've lost one game in every series. <laughs> and the Red Sox, in the meantime, only won one series. They split with Minnesota, and they've lost all the other series. Yeah. That's the other side of the coin. So yeah. that's there you go. So what? Uh, the, the winning series is the key to everything. And when you yeah. and not winning in ball, I mean, they won Friday night, and you say, okay, you know, they've got to win. Do it. I can accept two out of three, but they should sweep these guys, and they end up losing two out of three. So what can you do? There you go, Sean. Nope, there you go, Sean. All righty. Well, hey, everybody. If you like this or if you want to share this with anybody, uh, tell them to go to download podcastlegendoldies.com or type in Sports Lounge Live in your podcast or tell your smart speaker to play Sports Lounge Live from Apple Podcast or go to 773-572-3006, option number nine. We'll be back next Tuesday with another great edition of Sports Lounge Live. Don't forget Coffee Club on Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern and all things radio, 6.30 Eastern on Thursday, or you can download us at the same places and all that good stuff. So, till next week, see ya.